A few weeks ago, I gave a homily where I talked about the question, or I asked the question, if Jesus can ask or expect the minimum from us when it comes to following him and our religious duties. And I said that the answer was yes, that he certainly can expect us to follow the commandments, to worship him on Sundays, to pray a bare minimum, and to give generously, or at least the minimum of what we ought to give. I don't think anyone really could discuss or argue with that principle of Christ expecting the minimum. But as I was preparing for today's homily and reading the gospel, something struck me. The gospel sort of forced me to look at what I had proposed about this fulfilling and living the minimum in a new light. And so the individual goes to Jesus and says, Lord, what is the, the basic commandment? What is the most important and in a certain sense the basic of what we're expected to do? And Jesus says to love God with all of our mind, our heart, our soul, our entire being, and second, to love the neighbor as ourselves. And so, here's Jesus saying the most important commandment, the basic commandment, in a certain sense, the foundation of everything else, is that we love God with our entire being, with everything we have and with everything that we are. And so I thought to myself that if this is the basic commandment, then the minimum that I talked about is not so much just following the basic rules and praying a little bit, but the minimum, ironically, is the maximum. What is the minimum that Jesus, the basic thing that Christ expects from us? He expects us to love God with all of our being, our mind, our heart, and our soul, with everything that we are. And so thinking of this ironic proposition, I remembered a quote, one of my favorite quotes from Cardinal Ratzinger. And I think I've talked about, or I've at least mentioned this quote, during homilies in the past. And I'm going to give it to you, and I think it sort of subsumes or puts together everything that I'm trying to talk about. Ratzinger says, the Christian is the person who does not calculate. Rather, he does something extra. He is, in fact, the lover who does not ask, how much farther can I go and still remain within the realm of venial sin, stopping short of mortal sin? Rather, the Christian is the one who simply seeks what is good without any uh, calculation. There's a real depth to that quote. He's saying that a Christian, if you were to define what a Christian is, is one who doesn't calculate, who doesn't say, what's the least that I can do What's the most that I can get away with before I fall into sin or I consider myself not a Christian? It sort of ties into what Jesus is saying, that the minimum is giving ourselves totally in love. That this is what the Lord expects of us. That if we're a Christian, we should be defined by our love. And if you love something or you love someone, you're not going to just shoot for the minimum. 
you're going to go above and beyond into what Ratzinger will later call a super abundance. And so I think meditating on this is very appropriate as we come to the end of our liturgical year. As we come to the end of this liturgical year, moving into Advent pretty soon, it's a good time to examine our spiritual consciences and to sort of use this criteria with the fact that we, as humans, ought to indeed give everything we have out of love and service and worship to God, but also the reality and knowing the truth that those things that we love, that we're going to be the most generous to, that we're going to pour the most into, to sort of maybe do an examine of our lives, to look at those areas, the things, the people, the events, the places, whatever, where we're willing to give the most, where we spend the most time, where we spend the most money, where we spend the most energy. These are the things that we truly love. And in a certain sense, you might say, these are the things that we call gods. And so to look at our lives, not just as individuals, but maybe as a society, as a culture, to see how much time, money, and energy we put into sports and sporting events, time, money, and energy we put into our hobbies and the things we enjoy doing, and our family, our home, our work, whatever it is. Make columns and see how much we put in there and then make a column for our faith and see how it ranks up. That's the way we'll know if indeed we are truly living that basic commandment. But chances are we're going to find that we put a lot more time, energy, effort, and money into other things that it comes to living out the basic commandment of loving the Lord with all that we are. To ask ourselves, how much do we really love God? Are we really trying to give ourselves totally to Him? And I think most of us will say, ah, we're probably not where we should be. Some of us might say we are really, really far off. But if we go back and say that what the words of our Lord are true, that we ought to put God first in everything that we do, expend most of our energy to that. It's not that the other things are bad. We can still expend energy in our being on those other things, but we've got to be in balance. How do we change? Because the truth is, maybe uh, I might say something in this pulpit and maybe change your mind or your heart and you'll give it all your all for the first week. But the truth is, I've seen it enough. It takes more than a homily to change minds and hearts. It takes something else. And that's where I think sort of the second part of what Cardinal Ratzinger says is the important part. He talks about the people who do give themselves fully who give themselves in that superabundance without calculating. What are the characteristics or what is the main characteristic that this person has as opposed to everyone else who kind of goes through the motions? What he calls the Pharisees who are looking just to do the minimum. This is what he says. That this person who loves the lover, the one who gives in superabundance, is the person who knows that he does have failings knows his own weakness and sin and who is generous with God and with other people because he knows how much he depends on the generosity of God and of his fellow men. It's the generosity of someone who knows he is in debt to everyone else. 
who knows he is quite unable to attempt to maintain a correctness that would allow him to make strict demands and returns. It is the person who knows mercy, who knows love. And I think that's the real key, the real issue. If we find ourselves unable to give ourselves fully to God and to others, chances are we've never fully experienced or known the merciful love of the Father. We've never really experienced the superabundance of His generosity and possibly not been thankful for it. And as a result, we find it difficult to give back to God and to give back to others. Now, why we haven't experienced it, that could go into a lot of different things. But the reality is, I think the biggest reason that most people haven't experienced it, or not most, but a lot of people haven't experienced it, is because of that second commandment. Because Jesus says, love God first, but love your neighbor as yourself. Why does Jesus give us that commandment? He doesn't give it because, well, i got nothing else to give him to do. He gives us the commandment to love one another because by our love for one another, he is going to use that as a conduit, as a channel to funnel his love to the world. We are commanded to love one another because that's how God wants to show his love to others. But if we're not doing it, then guess what? Then the love of God is not being shown to others. Granted, he can do it directly through prayer or some infused grace, but the normal way he wants us to do it is through each other. That's how we come to know mercy. That's how we come to know love, whether it be through the sacraments, whether it be through a friend, whether it be through a family member. It doesn't matter what it is. But the truth is it's very hard for us to love that way if we haven't experienced it first. Very, very difficult for us to show that merciful love to others if we haven't experienced it ourselves. And there it sort of ties back to everything. If we have, we talked about today, if we've known that love, if we've opened ourselves to have that experience and our lives are transformed, then much more likely we're going to be able to do it to others and to do it to God in giving Him fully because we realize first what He has given to us. So as we prepare for this Advent season, I really want to encourage everybody, you can make that little calculus if you want. Look at your life. Look at the family's life. Where is the love? Where are we expending our energy? As we begin Advent to make that change, make that conversion. But knowing that the true conversion isn't just saying, well, I'm going to spend more time doing this or more money in this area. But indeed, the true conversion comes from the heart of opening our hearts and our existence to receive the merciful love of God. Amen.